welcome to episode number 84 of Investing from the Beach. I'm your host. My name is Chris Hansen. I've got my co-host with me today. His name is Chris Lamb. Hey, it's Chris Lamb here. <laughs> if it's first time listening to the show, uh, welcome. Quick background on the two of us. We both hit time freedom. Um, I got about 18 more years on the planet Earth than Chris does. He walked away from a sales job at IBM when he was about 30, 31, something like that. And I, he actually did some of the job that I had done before that. But I walked away when I was about 40 or 41. I can't remember. But basically 30, basically 40. Uh, we were able to hit time freedom via our activities in the stock market. It wasn't because we were granted stock options in some high-tech startup that you know ran big. We worked for the uh, kind of the original high-tech firm, which was IBM. <clears throat> we uh, both were in sales. We met when Chris was an intern. I'd been there 16, 17 years about that time. I lasted another year or two. Chris stuck around. <laughs> he wanted to stick around for about four more years, but I, I think through a little bit of my convincing, he stuck around for about 10 <laughs> um, and walked away. We, uh, we've developed, we developed a, a great friendship early on in the IBM days, and it has just continued to grow and blossom over the years. Uh, Chris has been unemployed now for, what do we say, Chris? Are you coming up on 10 or yet nine years? What are you? When did you leave? Uh, basically beginning of 2012, so nine, ten so years. Nine, almost, almost ten years. Yeah. Right, and I left at the end of 2002, so I got nine, no, coming up on 19 years here pretty quick. The one thing, if it's your first time listening, when we talk about time freedom, most people will speak about financial freedom, and there is a huge difference between the two. When they talk about reaching financial freedom, most commonly you'll hear people do it via investing in the real estate market. And they'll start off, start, uh, start off and they will buy a home and they'll rehab it and turn around and sell it and maybe do that a couple more times and then they get one, they decide to hold on and it becomes a rental and maybe they buy another one. And pretty soon they've got this small, I say small, I mean that with, with respect, but they've got you know basically a small little real estate empire that either they manage themselves or they hire a property manager. And, you know, it might make a few hundred dollars a month on the first property and a little bit more on the second, maybe lose some on the third or what they figure it all out. Eventually the rent becomes enough that it replaces their salary. And at that point then they can walk away from their job. And, you know, for us it would have been walking away from IBM. And the source of their income then becomes their real estate empire, the rent that's generated from that. And or maybe if they include uh, flipping dollars, <clears throat> you know, buy a house for a hundred, fix it up, and sell it for one fifty, and make I don't know twenty, thirty grand on it, whatever the whatever the math is. And that sounds wonderful if you are stuck in a job. The reality is on something like that, what you really have done, if you take a big step back and look at it, is you've replaced your time chained to a desk of a you know working for corporate America, to now you're chained to the desk working for you know, Chris Lamb Real Estate Company or Chris Hansen Real Estate Company or whatever it is business that you're doing, even if you go start a restaurant. And what we discovered was if you do that in the stock market, there's a hell of a learning curve that goes on, just like there is with anything. Once you get through that learning curve, the amount of effort that's required to do this is surprisingly little. We were talking as we were talking through before flipping on, before pushing the record button, Chris had done a trade on a, on a stock. He said, hey, he said, oh, go take a look at ABC. It's like, that's a setup on this. Like, oh, sure it is. <laughs> and well, I'm going, and I didn't do the trade. And uh, we're talking about, oh, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. 
He goes, hey, did he get out? <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks for paying attention to what we're going to talk about <laughs> today. But in, you know. Like in multitask. Yeah, in probably, I didn't go back and count how long it took, but yeah, 15 minutes, maybe. I don't even think it was that long, was it? 10, maybe? Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, like something like that. And, uh, you know, he didn't make, um, from an ROI perspective, it's not huge. And I don't know what kind of dollars he put on it, but to be able to sit there and make a few dollars, whether it's a few hundred or a few thousand, you know, it all depends on your trade size. It's pretty cool. And that's the kind of things you can do. We don't necessarily all the time do day trading. It's out there for us, but, you know, we'll hold stocks for days, weeks, months, even years. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the stock market, I, I guess I've said this a long time ago, and I've had a number of people come up to me recently and said, you know, you really need to drive that point home to people because it really sinks in the deeper you get into this. And, the and before before you jump into or, or go further, um, I was, you know, it's it's not something that I just sit here and, and watch the market and do trades. I really, I, I wasn't even in front of the PC until Chris said, let's, do a podcast. So that's what made me turn on the computer. And I happen to see it, it's there. And so then I do the trade. But um, you got to be able to build the experience and the ability to see the recognize that and, and then it's your choice whether you want to trade or not. Uh, but you know, uh, for those who uh, can come up with excuse say, ah, oh, you know, I, I, do I, I have, have to time. sit in front of the computer and do that? And like, no, it's your choice. Correct. And you could, you know, there's plenty of ways to uh, manage money in the stock market and you don't have to sit in front of the PC if you don't want to. It's totally up to you. But you have had times in your life where you have sat in front of the PC. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've done it too. I still enjoy it. it I, I, to me, it's the thrill of the chase and kind of looking for the jewels. <clears throat> You've got two small kids at home, so you're, uh, your, your time is spent running around the house chasing little ones. Um, what's awesome about the stock market that people may not realize, and sometimes people have a little bit of a, I won't say fear, but a healthy respect for it, or maybe, maybe it is fear. People seem very, very willing and able and open to the idea of doing a real estate investment. And it's because you live in a house, you live in an apartment, you live in some type of real estate. And because you live in one and you put your key in the lock and walk in the place, you think you understand the business of real estate. And we were talking earlier, I hadn't really thought about this. Whenever you hear someone, you know, kicking around the tires, like, oh, I want to make some money, I'm going to do some real estate investing. They use the word investing. Ask them about the stock market. And what they do is they say, oh, I want to play the stock market. And it's that I had never, until you said that today, Chris, I had, maybe we've talked about it, but if we had, it slipped my mind. That's what happens when you're 20 years older mm -hmm. than you. But it's very common that people will say, oh, I'm going to go play the stock market. You still, and I get it today. Are you still playing around in the stock market? Yeah, you hear the word play and you hear the word game. Yep, the game, G-A-M-E, uh, not and, game. And even, even the professionals, uh, you hear them. They use that. Mm -hmm. right? you, you turn on CNBC or uh, you know, Bloomberg or whatever financial uh, news outlet you want to use um, to pay attention. You, you, you know, what, what, what play, what play are you, you, know, yep. you hear the word play a lot and you hear the word game a lot, uh, when it comes to, uh, the stock market. And so it's not just from the, um, you know, the, the retail investor, it's, it's, you know, coming from those guys on TV as yeah, well. Yeah, the talking heads. Yeah. 
what that says to you, well, back on the purpose of the show, the purpose of the show is to explain to people that how to think is about 95% of the equation that's required to reach success. How to do is a very, very small part of the recipe. And what we just described in the words that you choose to use, whether you're going to invest or play, that's a, a small example of the how to think. And now, now that you've heard that, pay attention the next few days as you're talking with people. In fact, make it a point to go talk to someone about real estate and don't use the word investing. And then talk to them about stock market. And notice if they use the word real estate investing and playing the stock market. And you'll see it. And once you're aware of that, it'd be the, it's almost like the movie The Matrix, right? You see this parallel universe that's been there the entire time. You just didn't have the know-how to look for it. What's also awesome about the stock market is it doesn't matter if you're black or white. So there is no racial bias. There is no you know, white, um, white privilege. The person of color is not held down. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. LB, they take like five or six letters, man. They're, they're common. I heard uh, Chappelle say they commandeer like every, 20% of the alphabet. Yeah, every every year or two they add another letter. Yeah, which is LB, yeah, something G, different. TQ. There's like five of them. It's like out of 26 letters, man, they've commandeered 20% of the alphabet. I thought that was a hysterical line. <clears throat> but wherever, <clears throat> excuse me, wherever you fall in that continuum, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> how you identify, whatever pronoun you want to put on yourself. If you're a he, if you're a she, if you're a them, a they, and it, a, a, I don't even whatever all that stuff is, awesome. In the stock market, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're smart or an idiot. It doesn't matter if you're a Harvard PhD <clears throat> or an eighth grade dropout. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're overweight. It doesn't matter if you're rail thin. None of that matters. The only thing that matters in the stock market is your ability to follow instructions. Do you have a good work ethic? And do you have, I, I call it a don't quit attitude. Chris calls it a long-term perspective. It's the same thing. Basically says, I'm going to do this until I figure it out or I die. And either one of those are acceptable. If you've got those three traits, you can do this. And I think people don't recognize the beauty you and I take it for granted. It, hell, you don't even need to be able to speak English <laughs> to be able to do mm. this. Um, so it is awesome. So when I hear all these uh, stuff in the news about you know the <clears throat> systemic racism and all the things going against all the people in the U.S. in the stock, because I look in the stock market, my instant attitude is that is a bunch of crap. Um, or I could be like Biden, say that's a bunch of malarkey. But it's it pure bullshit. The opportunity is there in the stock market. It doesn't matter where you come from and how you identify. You just got to have one of those. You got to have all three of those traits. Any comments there, old wise one? Other than mm, I, nope. concur? No. <laughs> I concur. I <laughs> concur. Um, well, I think you were you were asking me um, because this this uh, was kind of brought up by uh, our, our podcast producer, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> And uh, you, you, you're thinking that uh, because others see this as a white privilege or, you know, it's predominantly white male that are participating in the stock market, that it becomes a barrier uh, for others uh, that they think they cannot do it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, when I look deep down in it, is it really a barrier? Do they really see it that way? And I thought, you know, I don't think that 
the, the you know sitting in front of your PC and trading the stock market. I don't think that uh, you know people think that's a white male, um, but rather the white male perception is probably more about Wall Street and getting a job in Wall Street, uh, maybe working for like a Goldman Sachs or you know other investment bankers. That you be you have to be Ivy League, uh, you know, educated and you know white and male, right? Mm-hmm. So that's more, I think, uh, as far as you know, uh, going towards uh, that type of profession or even in sales. Um, but I think the biggest uh, barrier to that, to seeing that this is something you can do, is people aren't, uh, you know, the majority of kids growing up. They're growing up in families that they don't see the mom and dad talking about the stock market. They don't see mom and dad trading the stock market. Uh, they're not educated in the school system about that. Uh, they're taught to be employees and to you know, get a degree and get a job. And so that seems more of the norm and common. And so when you talk to someone who is currently an employee doing you know just nine to five and you tell them about the stock market and that they can – you know, have time freedom, don't have to work. For them, it's like that's not believable. Because they don't it's know. Like everyone doesn't. always said, "Oh, that w- I would love that. That would be great." But they see it as like something that's unachievable. That's why they say those things. But it's not something. Oh, awesome! Let me, you know, uh, let me look at that path. They don't have a role model. They don't have anyone yeah, they can yeah. look to to say it's possible. Correct. Correct. And even if you, uh, you know, tell them that you you you've done it. <laughs> It's almost like, okay, either I don't believe you or I believe you, but I can't do that. So what happens, and I've seen this quite a bit, is without knowing it, the psychology is they will put you, not you, the proverbial you will put that person on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. Oh, the reason Lamb does it? Man, I went to high school with Lamb. That dude's smart. Man, he understands math. He's, he's got a great mind. He's smart. Well, it's no wonder that he does it. Man, I can't do that. They're not going to say that, but in the back of their mind, that's what they're thinking. But then what's in, and that may be true. But then what's interesting is Chris will tell some guy who's a janitor, who's, you know, who hasn't seen, hasn't had clean fingernails in four years, right? Because he's laboring in dirt. That's what he does. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> and he tells Chris about this, and that guy starts learning the stock market. And now that guy starts doing well at it, right? He starts seeing some success. And then the janitor happens to run into that same person that Chris knows from high school and is talking about it. That person that Chris knows from high school now hears it from the janitor and thinks to himself, if that idiot can do it, I can surely do it. And yet it's the same, he's using the same exact words, but he, he's holding that janitor, if you will, at a different level of perceived status because he's thinking that the janitor doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of brains to push a broom. And so you have to be very careful on not just who you're hearing it from, but you don't always stop and think as to, we met... It's the wrong way to say it. There's a better way to say it. I'm going to say it and I'm ask for the right to repeat myself. We measure ourselves against people, right? Either in a competitive way or in a submissive way. They go, oh, well, of course, that guy has a doctor next to his title. Of course he can do that. And just so you know, if you're a doctor looking to do this, you're the hardest guy to teach. 
or the hardest woman to teach because you've got academic arrogance. And when did you start looking at it from this from this perspective that you're explaining? Um, I've seen it for years this way. You mean with docs, you mean, or just in general? No, 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 just in general, like where, okay, now they're, they're seeing somebody else who's doing it and go, okay, if this guy can do it, I, I should be able to do it. Oh, easily 15, 20 years ago. I've seen it that okay. way over and over again. Yeah, this is not something new. Yeah. But, you you know, the more people – by the way, f full disclosure, I teach a class on how to trade. If you're interested, awesome. Um, go dig around on the website. you find out info about it. There's my commercial. <laughs> we don't do ads on the show. I, I asked you that because those are like the exact same words uh, coming from a good friend of mine who, you know, he's, he's pretty much at time freedom. And um, he's been learning the stock market for, I don't know, seven years now. Mm -hmm. um, and – uh, I think he told uh, another friend of ours in high school, and this friend, you know, decided to recently, you know, take class and learn. Okay. Um, and then, uh, then he told me, he told me about this friend. He said, "Hey, so and so decided to take class and 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 learn the stock market." I said, "Good." I said, "I've talked to him about this for many, many years, like you know, more than ten years oh, ago." Interesting. <laughs> Right. And, uh, you know, I thought he would do something out of, you know, most of the friends, but he ended up, I guess, not doing it. And then okay. he said, you know what? I think it's because he, he sees that, Hey, you're, you, you know, you're, you're a lot smarter than he is. <laughs> and so he didn't, you know, but, but then he said, he said, when, when I told him that I'm, you know, this is what I've done. I've been, so he's like, man, if, if, if you could do it, I could do it. <laughs> What you're really saying, Chris, is your friends are dumb. <laughs> now I know who you're talking about. Now they think about it. Um, yeah. I can, I can, I won't name names, but I, I would, I will bet you lunch next time I see it that it's. I will name the two of them when we go on a break. Um, <laughs> how do you say in Spanish? How do you say the word dog? Is it perro? Perro. Perro. Okay. All right, so that you asked me like I'm a Spanish speaker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I understand. Um, so yeah, Pero or el, I was thinking, is it El Pucho? No, that's not right. No, it's Pero. Anyway, yeah, yep. Pero. And so, but it's true. That really is true. It's the there's you know again, it's the how it's an example of the how to think. And we look around and you know you look at if you know someone from high school oh that guy was really smart in school and he went to college and I did or whatever it may be mm -hmm. and you think I can't compete with that and that little voice in your head holds you back because of that and so and if you if you really take a step back and if that resonates you realize that maybe what has held you back is the how you think because it's the same material that this third person will learn that he could have learned starting 10 years ago when you first told him about it. Mm -hmm. Right. But he said, for whatever reason, he waited a number of years until your friend that he perceives as not being nearly as bright. <laughs> <laughs> if that guy can do it, but think about that. That says that that first guy had, had voices in his head saying, I'm not good enough. I can't compete. And that how he thought kept him from starting learning the market a decade ago. Yeah, and it's also, uh, you know, another factor that attributed to that is, um, I think, age. You know, um, there's only so much that I guess your brain can, 
wrap around at a certain age. And so I think, you know, when I shared with him, he was late 20s, just about 30 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you talk to people at that age, uh, you know, I always share that. He's like, is I, I know what goes in their head is, you know, they're just like, I, and, and they always confirm. I say, you're just happy that you, you know, you got a job and, and you're starting your career, you know? Yep. But I say, just remember this conversation uh, when you get to your 40s early uh, or, or, you know, it might take you in your early 50s. Yep. And then you will see it differently. And so, you know, um, the the late 20s, early 30s, they're just happy. They're getting a job, getting, you know, going through the career, trying to get a raise, um, advancing, right, uh, in, in whatever industry that they're doing, working in. Yep. And then when you get into your 40s, it's kind of like, okay, that's the early stage of, all right, you're just starting to have some money and building a 401k and, you know, things go well. You're kind of comfortable, you know, with the dollars and you're just happy you got, yeah, you got a good salary and vacation or whatever it is, right? You're just comfortable with that. And you're kind of in the middle where you're, okay, you could, you're not, you're not ready to leave your job yet because you're comfortable, right? Um, And, and you might or may not want to, you know, learn the stock market about money yet, but you definitely do when you hit your fifties because you're seeing, wow. I'm only like another decade away from retirement and I've been working for 20, 30 years. I don't like this. And I've got a 401k that I've had and it's got a, mm-hmm. a hefty sum in there. Yeah. And I realize, oh my gosh, I don't know how to manage this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was fine when it had five or $10,000 in it my first couple of yeah. years working. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Right. Just let it sit. But yeah. now I've been adding, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 grand a year constantly and I'm getting growth and I've just kind of turned it off. I don't really look at it. And now suddenly I realize this is my biggest asset. And and, and that's the best case scenario. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. That's right. a good thing. Yeah. The other side is I've been working for 20, 30 years and I don't have anything to my name Correct. that I can other see than my retiring house. soon. Other than I have no asset other than maybe yeah. the home I live in and may not yeah. even have that or may not even have that. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's when they're like, Oh man, I got to, I got to do something different here. Mm-hmm. And that's when they start looking at the stock market or money or investing. Right. And that's why it goes back to, well, wait a minute, how come, you know, back to the, well, it seems to be populated with, uh, if you go to a, uh, find a brokerage that's going to be doing some type of, I guess with COVID, you don't see it as much on now, it's more Zoom calls. But they will do face-to-face meetings, right? They'll hey, we're going to meet at such and such a, a hotel room, and you know, come in. We'll we'll throw you a slice of pizza, and we'll give you uh, you know information on our <clears throat> from our local expert about how stuff's going to work. And if you walk into one of those, and you know, kind of a learn to trade session, it's heavily populated by white-haired males, silver and white-haired males. Um, you don't see a lot. There's a few twenty and thirty-year-olds in there. You see a few females uh, that are not that are not spouses. You see a number of spouses; they just come along. But it seems that that's the dynamic that shows up, generally speaking. Just and the thing about that, Chris. You know, when, when I teach a class, think of the last time we did a live class. Mm-hmm. How many old white males are in there on a percentage basis? Percentage basis. Because you sign them in. There's not that many. Mm, it's, it's a good mixture. Yeah, but we have a lot of young people. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of young people. Female. There's a lot of females. Yep. 
Yeah, which is, to me, it's like, that's fabulous. Yeah. Because um, it really does show that, uh, well, I, I take pride in that thinking, all right, cool, they're getting it. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, and we don't advertise, so it's, yeah. That's it, and they're usually going to hear about that from someone else. And if they have the fear of, oh, I don't want to be the female in the room, like, no, no, mm-hmm. it's probably yeah. 30, 40% female there, which is unheard of in an investing seminar. It's cool. Yeah, you get all these uh, dumb people that show up now because uh, <laughs> they look at their friends. It's because of your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're, you know, your your IQ is at the bottom twenty, it's you know it's doable. <laughs> you're in Lamb's phone book. <laughs> So next, next time you do a barbecue and I'm there, I know this one person that I'm thinking it is will show up. I'm going to have to buy him a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, how the hell did we get on that? Um, anyway. Well, the- yeah, it's just, it's just uh, you know, you're saying, you know, barriers to uh, learning the stock market and being able to see that, uh, you know, it can help you in your, your money and your finance. Um, not many people understand time freedom, right? So. No. It's a concept that you you know you have to introduce to them. Uh, you hear of the uh, what is it? Financial independence, retire early, fire yes. movement. Yep. We need you know we need to people need to talk about this. Is, there's a time freedom movement. Right? Yes. Yep. And so that needs to be uh, out there and you know tell people about it and that they can do it. Um, but the challenge is um, you have to find that operating system first. So it's not like, you know, uh, even though Chris, you know, kind of subtly, we'll, we, he calls it a plug and, you know, to tell you about the class that he teaches, um, there's not, there's not, there's not nothing out there like this. Um, so if you guys think, oh, you know, you guys are telling me go to learn the stock market and you start to do your own work and figure things out on your own, you may or may not. And if you do, it's probably going to take you 20 plus years yep. to figure some stuff out. And so that's why it's like, you know, find somebody who's doing it and that they have an operating system that they can teach you to help you install that. And there's not many out there at all. Um, you know, you, you, you've heard of people that uh, said, you know, I took, uh, you know, whatever, this and that class. Or, or YouTube. This, yeah, this weekend course or go on YouTube and, you know, but those are, you know, that's the free stuff. But if you go out there, people are like, they, they tell you the price. I'm like, whoa, $20,000, $40,000 for a weekend course. You know, and that's not learning an operating system. You're, they're giving you an app. And what I mean by an app, and for those who are listening, you know, new, you know, go back and listen to the prior episodes about the operating system and an app analogy. Um, if you were to run an application, you need to run it on top of an operating system. So if you don't have an operating system installed, that app won't work. And so there's a lot of apps out there. Uh, that being thrown at you and if you don't know you're trying to install these apps without an operating system and so you need to go find an operating system and then install that and it takes time but if you don't then you're constantly going to go out there and chase all these apps and hopefully you'll build your own operating system you know in 20 years time frame um, but that's that's the biggest barrier to the stock market is there's not many apps or not many operating systems out there that you can learn and install and you know give or take five years or so that will allow you to achieve time freedom. And what Chris will teach you is an operating system that will allow you to retire 
three to five years if you put in the work, right? And so to me, that's the biggest obstacle is if, okay, I, I want to do this. I understand I want to learn the stock market. How do I do it, right? What do I do? And then if I'm just going to go out there and, you know, blindly find things and figure it out, uh, you know, I, if I'm lucky, I'm, you know, I'm going to find the right things. But most of the time I won't. And that's why it took us so long as well, you know, a lot longer than, you know, if, if somebody gave us something and go, hey. It would have been cool yeah. if I if I would have known me back then or if mm -hmm. not, not me, but, you know, someone like that was doing this that could have taught yeah. me. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. The headache and heartache. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the amount of money. Forget about that. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. But also. You think, what, what if I knew what I knew today and you met me when I was, uh, you know, 20 years old? <laughs> that one, that I would have been following you around like a puppy. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Just literally hanging at your feet. Okay, what kind of words of wisdom? What should I do? Yeah. And then, cool, I'll go do it and come back. Tell me more. What else should I do? Okay, go do that. And part of that is the how to think. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be me. And Chris helps me teach it too. It doesn't have to be either one of us. But wherever you go to learn this, that's fine. But find someone that is doing something that, that makes sense to you, that resonates. Yeah. And whatever they tell you to do, the last word you should ever ask that person is W-H-Y. Don't ask them why. Just do there's a reason that they would tell you to do something. It's not, it's not because they're a masochist. That's not what they want to see you suffer. If they have to take the time to explain it, you haven't experienced yet why they're telling you to do it the way to do it. They're telling, telling you to do it the way they're telling you to do it. So just freaking do it. And the answer becomes clear as you start doing. But most people want to understand why. And those are the people that never get out of the gate. Also, I got a, I got a uh, quick story to share with you. Wait, uh, give me a keyword so you don't forget it. What keyword? A keyword on your story because I'm going to interrupt you before you even start. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm fine. Um, he, you heard Chris say three to five years. Let me put a disclaimer on that. Um, what's going to happen when you go learn? And it doesn't matter if you learn the stock market, if you learn real estate, whatever it may be. When you go pursue freedom. There's going to come a number of times where you get the proverbial crap kicked out of you to the point you're going to want to quit. You're crying, you're bloody, you're, you're just bleeding. It's nasty. And you're going to want to quit. And when you step back and look at to what put you in that position, it was your own doing. It wasn't because the person you're learning from steered you wrong, assuming you're going with the right person. It wasn't because the rules were bad. It was because you chose not to follow them. And as a result of that, you get clobbered and literally just feel broken. And at that point, you get to decide, are you going to quit? Or are you going to get back up and get in the chair and get back to work? And, and then it's three, five, three to five years from that point. Exactly. <laughs> and then and you say, oh, okay, I'll do that once. Let me do that right away. It's like, no. <laughs> it's, it, and the, the best parallel I can think of is when you're driving down the street and you come to a red light, you instantly know, oh, that means stop. And you know what happens if you decide to run the red light. You don't, don't even touch your brake lights if you just go through the intersection. Either you're going to get in an accident and or you're going to get a ticket or you're going to get killed or someone's going to get hurt. And so you understand those rules that red light means stop. 
And so you think, well, you know, I'm gonna, but I'm late for work. I'm gonna, I, I, the light's been red for a while. I'm just gonna go ahead and push through because it can't be late. You're gonna get that kind of result. And maybe you get lucky that time and make it through the intersection, but it's not something you wanna do as a normal course of events. And the same type of thinking applies in the stock market. There are a set of rules. You're going to break them a few times as you learn it. You're going to get your head handed to you. And at some point you say, this is what I do. And you just, you follow them with discipline. And at that point, now that clock starts ticking. And that's the three to five year window. Sometimes it takes people seven. It all depends on your ability to good work ethic. Can you follow rules? And do you have a long-term perspective, have a don't quit attitude? All right, back to your story. Yeah, so my story is uh, about, you know, maybe two days ago. Um, so I've been taking my daughter to swim lessons, right? So you got her, uh, so I'm at the, the pool and... Uh, she's what, you know, five? She, she's five, yeah. So she's, you know, she's kind of learning how to put her head in the water and blow, blow bubbles and, you know, swinging her arms, uh, jumping off of the, you know, pool and stuff like that and just learning how to float. So I'm there, you know, just... Basically, it's just quick 30 minutes. And then, uh, so she's doing her thing in the pool with the instructor. And uh, there's another lifeguard. You know, he's sitting on the outside just watching and making sure all the kids are fine, right? Because there's there's a lot of activities going on, different classes, different uh, age group, different levels. And so so the guy sitting outside, um, his name is Alec, okay? So Alec, uh, you know, um, you say hi here and there, and you know, he's talking a little bit, and uh, and I always feel like, you know, hey, uh, when I meet people, it's like, man, if if I'm uh, the other person, and and I would want to know what I know, right? Yes. And so I was just always hinting certain things to see if you know, uh, throw it out there if this is something that they would do, so help them, right? And then I remember because I asked, I you know, I it was talking to him a little bit about. Uh, you know, uh, is, you know, is, yeah. So I wanted to see if they were, uh, you know, how this, uh, was set up, uh, the program, uh, whether these guys have their own classes or then they would rent the facility or, or, you know, but it seemed like, you know, they worked at, they, it's a job, it's a full-time thing. And so he, you know, he gets paid, uh, kind of a salary just to, uh, you know, manage the place. And then, uh, they're required, right. They have classes offering. So then they put them in these classes to instruct, right. And so I was just asking how these how, how it works and all that, and then he started sharing with me like, yeah, nobody wanted to work and all these things, and you know he's trying to you know move up in the next next position you know in this facility he's going to be the head you know managing the whole thing, and he was very excited about it right, um, and he looks older than he is, right, but he's like he's you know when he talked to me I think he thought I was younger than he is. <laughs> and he was just like he's like you know hey I'm you know he's He's like, hey, hey, I'm 28, you know, he said <laughs> and indicating to me like, hey, he's, you know, I'm he's smarter he's, than you. He's a lot older. Yeah, he's a lot older <laughs> than he thinks, you know, or than I think he is and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, and then and I told him, I'm like, I'm like, OK, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than <laughs> that, you know. Um, but I shared with him uh, because he was like, yeah, my dad passed away, you know, uh, uh, four, four years ago or something like that. And uh you know, he had a job, he didn't want to move out and all these things. And, you know, then he started, you know, uh, in this, doing this and, uh, you know, just the money wasn't there, but his vision was very small and 
you know, I thinking, you know, he was thinking, okay, making 30, 40,000 was good, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just asked him, you know, have you ever thought about getting into sales and things like that? And, you know, just help, helping him see and building his skills and, uh, you know, understanding his background. And then uh, ask him if, if he is involved any in the stock market or in the crypto market, you know, because you hear all these young people, you know, you hear about Bitcoin and all that, and maybe they're involved. And he would say, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And then so I started sharing a little bit about, you know, with him, you know, just about time, freedom and money and all that stuff. But as I share little things with him, he would just come out and like try to teach me about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's almost like telling me like, hey, I know about this now, <laughs> you know, since you're bringing it up, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's so much pride in yep. uh, ego in him. Yeah, ego, that I'm like, that's what's going to prevent this guy from learning. He's going to probably have to learn the hard way, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of subtly hint a little thing here and there to, you know, that, you know, do look into it and put some time towards it, you know, but um, it's, you, you get those type of personality and, and, and again, it's because of the age he's 28 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, uh, now you, then you get a little bit of a different, you know, the other guy who's teaching, uh, my daughter in the pool, um, his name's Daniel and Daniel is, uh, <laughs> Daniel looks a lot older than he, he is as well. I, you know, he probably, uh, if you did, you just look at him, you probably thought he was in his 30s. So when I spoke with him, I said, are you, you know, I, I said, are you 30 yet? You know, he's like, he said, I'm 22. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to make your daughter choke. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, you know, we were just, you know, I was chatting him with a little bit about it, letting him know, and, you know, maybe helping him on that area. And, and he was very open. He was excited about, it, you know, mm -hmm. to, to learn. So you, you just, different people receive it different ways. Um, but, you know, if you have this ego and, you know, this this uh, pride, a lot of times you got to drop that. And if you don't drop that, it prevents you from, you know, seeing a lot of opportunities that are in front of you. Um, and so, you know, total different, even though one guy's 28, one guy's 22, they receive the information differently. I'm surprised you didn't flex with the 28-year-old. Does, does <laughs> yeah. she have lessons today? Uh, yes, she did. Yeah. Do me a favor. Just do this for Uncle Chris. When you go there today, uh, go, hey, Alec, I was thinking about it. You know, it was really cool. You know, you were telling me that, you know, you understood time, freedom, and stock, or whatever kind of things. And you're 28. It's like, dude, that is awesome. Man, you're, you're the same age that I was. You're almost the same age I was when I retired. <laughs> and then just stare at him. Yeah. You know, please, I did hint to him. Chris, please. I, I, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I hinted to him. I told no, him. Be I direct, told him, man. In your I face. Him the stock market allowed me to retire, uh, you know, when I was about 30 years old, and that was 10 years ago. So maybe he's not very good at math, but, <laughs> you know. And, but it just basically went over his head, and, uh, you know, I go, hey, if, if you don't see that, uh, that I can share something and help you, then you cool. know, no problem. Hey, no problem. Yeah. But I always feel, you know, if, if I didn't share something with somebody like that, uh, then I feel like, you know, I didn't do my <laughs> kind of, yes. Uh, yep. That uh, makes sense. Uh, yeah. Service, I guess. Cause know? like you said, if you, you wanted someone to tell you that when you were 20 years old, correct. If yeah. they knew that, like, please tell me I would, yeah. I would jump at that opportunity. But oh, yeah. you, but you didn't have ego coming in. You were, you were a, not a thirsty. You were hungry. Mm -hmm. 
and not desperation hungry. I don't yeah. mean that, but you you were you're coachable is the best word for it. Willing yeah, to learn, just, willing to change. Yeah, just recognizing, you know, if somebody's done something you haven't done <clears throat> and that's what you want to do, then listen. Yeah. Two right? ears yeah. and one mouth. Especially yeah, if they're it. offering. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kinda of like when when you and I met, right? And you said, uh, you know, many have, you know, known you quit and you you know you're not working anymore, but they they haven't reached out and they haven't, you know, Correct. tried to learn from you. Yep. Right. Because it's and not real, man. I was surprised that, you know, I was, uh, you know, whatever you told me, you know, I, I went and did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I told you many times, right? Like, you're the, mm-hmm. I've told dozens and dozens and dozens of people yeah. to go buy this one. And it, this book isn't the answer, but it was it was what I understood at the time. Yeah. Uh, to go buy the book and read it and come, it's not going to make sense and it won't make sense and read it anyway. Just skip, you know, if it doesn't make sense, skip to the end of the page and go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And then go back, you know, give it a couple of days and go back and read it again and then read it a third time and then come talk to me. Yeah. And I, 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 you took long enough to get back to me. I believe, I think you did it that way. I'm not sure, but, but I know you came back and said, oh, I, here's what I did. And I found these five names that fit the criteria. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's what it took. So for those of you that are hearing this, don't send me a note and say, what's the book? I want to go read it. The, the book yeah, isn't the answer. Yeah, that's how to do Right. And exactly. So that's an app. The content of what we learned and did at the time wasn't, you know, that's that you don't need that. Correct. But the, the, the message behind that is there's, you know, the mindset of somebody is instructing you something that can help you. Are you going to do it? Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Can I, can I broach on? So yeah. we, let's see, we've been talking however long we've been talking. Now let's talk about the topic we we're going to talk about, <laughs> about today. So, it deals a little bit with your daughter. Uh, I think it's kind of where the the idea came from. But it really speaks to, we've got people back in school. Um, and I'd say people because it's not just kids, right? You've got colleges starting up. You've got adults that are doing schooling, whatever it may be. And well, a couple things around that. One, I know we'll go down school route. So... <clears throat> And we talked in the last episode about how it, it was my experience that I had to do car class with my kid. My kid's now in high school, you know, almost out of high school. And taking him to and from school in the uh, elementary and middle school days, we would have car class. So I'd pick him up and, you know, whatever he learned, I had to be sure that there were other things that were in his brain that I wanted him to be sure to understand. And along the lines of how to think, you know, I taught them, you know, the little, the basics of investing, you know, here's the price of a house, here's what we could rent it for, and we would do the math to see if it would make sense to invest in it, uh, a little bit about stock market, just kind of all, all kinds of exposure things. And we both have come to the realization that there are a few topics in school or a few topics that need to be taught, that the school is able to teach. You got to be able to do math. You got to be able to read. You have to be able to uh, communicate effectively. But is is it really necessary to know that in 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Do you really think your daughter is going to be a better person and more well-rounded if she can recite that and if she knows that? Not at all. Nope. Doesn't matter. The I, although I will say. Um, I have seen that number used as a passcode <laughs> to get into gates at a couple of uh, friends' places that live in you know various gate gate enclosed things. <laughs> I would 
a buddy of mine had that at his. I won't name where it is. It doesn't matter. He's not there anymore. But then I, uh, someone else I was going to their places a couple of years ago, and I said, what's the code to get in? Or can you buzz me? I'm like, oh, but just remember Columbus. Like, what? Oh, 1492. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that was the gate code. I thought, oh, that's pretty funny. Um, uh, you bring back the uh, the topic of school, how you and I started discussing that is because I think I told you that, um, you know, you asked me how things were going. And so my schedule revolves around, you know, in the morning taking my daughter mm-hmm. to school and, and, you know, bringing her back home. And then also, um, you know, they have homework and things like that. And every day I'm getting like, you know, these messages uh, through my text or email, you know, from the school uh, message board. Uh you know, so they're using technology and, and software nowadays to uh, communicate, right? Uh, you know, helping you aware of what's going on and all these announcements. And so I feel like, man, it's a lot, I'm a lot more busy, you know, now than when I was working. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, checking, you know, these things that they're sending me. And then I realized, like, like man, I'm not going to, you know, deal so much with it. And I know I was telling you that uh, I was so excited when school was done for me. You know, when I graduated college, I was like, man, I'm glad that's over. No more. Right. Um, now your real education begins. Yes. You know? Yep. Right. And so and then with my daughter going back to school again, I feel like, man, I'm being put into the system again. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Yep. Right. So I was trying to figure a way how to navigate it, and especially for her as well, to, you know, to make it a little bit more smooth and uh, uh, make good use of the time that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, she's given and especially growing up here. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I said the, the school system, um, you know, it's really to babysit you and, and, you know, it's not really trying to teach you the skills in life that you need. They don't really focus on that. Um, and it's skills I felt, to make you an employee. Yes. Yeah. And so that, they, yeah, they, they're, they're basically training you to be employees. Right. Uh, and so, you know, um, when you, when you're running a country or you're running a society, you want the majority of people to be working, being you know productive or keeping busy. And so they've been keeping the kids busy, you know, all throughout school, right? And training you to be busy, doing all these things. And then when you're done with school, they want you to keep busy, doing the 95, going to work, you know, paying bills, rinse and repeat, like you say. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, where does that get you? Where does that lead you? It, it it doesn't lead you to time freedom. It, it makes you a, a slave of the system. Um, and so if we want to get our kids out of that environment, out of that you know, uh, system, then we have to teach them differently. And I think that's where you're you know, doing uh, uh, car school, right? Car uh, class. Or car class um, you know, helps, right? And, or that's, that's very necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the things um, we were talking talking through, saying you know you, you get to go and you know the, in school you're given the material and then you're given a test to see if you learn it, and yet when you get out of school you're given the test and then you get the material and that's the way that an investor operates. That's the way that an entrepreneur operates. Um, easy example on that is look at Elon. You know, he's saying, hey, we can build this electric car that goes very fast. They didn't test him first, right? He had to go build it and figure it out, and then he gets tested. Oh, we can send a rocket up to space and have it land 
on you know what looks like a postage stamp in the middle of the ocean, we can reuse that rocket. No one had ever done that before. So he wasn't able to learn how and then get tested on it. He had to get tested first, and then he had to learn from the failures and the mistakes. And that's the way that life works. And it's interesting in that school penalizes you for making mistakes, for failing, for, you know, for figuring out what doesn't work. And yet in life, you have to do that. And people have a hard time making that transition. Um, just a, a side note, unrelated, but related, just the different way of thinking about things. I was talking with a guy, literally, you, you did a webinar last night. And prior to us getting on the phone, I was talking to somebody. And he's helping a friend of his uh, with some trades. And the the... <laughs> <laughs> the guy, I think in a month, he, he had a, a, a very nice, everyone, I don't even want to say the number because it sounds like it's a boast thing. I taught him what he knows, but everybody would be shocked if you heard the ROI that he made in a month on, I think it was like a, it's a five figure account. So he's not doing hundred dollar trades. You know, it's well north of 10 grand if I remember correctly, but he had a basically a triple digit return within the month. And the person that he's helped doing this sent him a text message that said, hey, go, go, go. That's doing great, doing great. And we were talking. He said, man, that is the worst thing the guy could say to me. I said, yeah, because that doesn't help you. And it's not what you need to hear. It's not what it's all about. It's about doing the process and the results show up. And I said, what does this guy do? And he, I think he said, I don't remember if he said this, but we ended up using an analogy. So let's imagine that he's a surgeon. I said, what you want to do? is next time he comes out of surgery, send him a text to go, hey, man, did the patient die? I said, no. I said, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You're good. Right? The doc doesn't need to hear that. He expects going in that the, he knows he's going to lose a few, but he doesn't need you cheering him on that he was successful at what he's expected to do. He said, ah, oh, I get what you're saying. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> the guy wouldn't appreciate it. But it points to it's a different way of thinking, right? You don't cheer somebody on for doing something that they are expected to do. You know, Chris Rock's got a great comedy routine around that. I won't get into it. You go look him up and you'll, you'll see what I'm referring to. But you don't cheer the doctor on because they did what they expect to do. You don't cheer the in the football game. You don't cheer the defensive player because he tackled the offensive player. That's what they're supposed to do. They stand around and dance over the guy because they, they sack the quarterback. That's asinine because you're expected to do that. Why would you celebrate what you're expected to do? And so that mindset can apply across many facets, and it's a false way of thinking. And I know, Chris, right now you're saying, Hanson, where the hell did you get that to go off on that tangent? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I just know as the years go by, it's going to be more and more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. And what happens too is the stories repeat. So just be sure you keep laughing, even though I may have told it to you yesterday. Yep, that's that'll true make love. Feel good. Yep, that'll make me feel good. Um, and then when you hang up, or when we hang up, you can call her, you know, another mutual friend and go, did he tell you this story? Yeah, he told me to. Just, just let him go. Just, you know, hit mute and go make some food or something while he's talking. I'll record myself speaking with you and I'll hit play. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
debut there with the you know. yep i'd be okay with that as long as i have an audience i'm good um back to school grades so you get you get the info then you're tested or in life you get tested and then you get the info um one of the things we spoke of there's a and this is not a plug for the program but there's a program that I was involved with a number of years I've done over the schools over the years where you put kids into a, a group of teams and they all are basically a business and their job is to make some product and it's just and basically friendship bracelets. So just to get some string and time together and you teach the kids the basics of, of a business and you know, what, what is a business and they have, they have sales, they have costs and they have leftover profits and, you know, the, the more they sell and the less they um, spend on expenses, that means the profit goes up and the company does better. And I've done this over the years at an elementary and a middle school level. And it's always fascinating. To me, I'm getting used to it. But for the people who have never seen the program before, I've had many comments that teachers and even principals will come up and say, wow, in my 20, 30 years of education, I've never walked into a fifth grade class and seen every, seen every kid engaged, right? And what happens is the... And that's who's running the school. Yeah, exactly. But what happens is you have the, you know, the kids, you get some kids that are not, they're interested, they're whatever it is, right? Their mind is elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And you have others that are, you know, gung-ho, the type A's that are going for it. But they, when you get involved in something like that, the person who's the artist sees where their artistic skills can be used. The person who's good in math, they can see, oh, this is how I add, subtract, multiply, and divide. The person likes to measure and cut, like, oh, this is the science side of it. The person that's good at speaking can stand up and do the sales and do, and person that's good at leadership. And yet, in that role, or in that um, simulation, while each of them have a responsibility, they're all responsible for everything. And at the end, they're not graded on, you know, did Susie color inside the lines or did Bobby color outside the line or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It boils down to, yeah, the scorecard is, did you sell or your mm -hmm. costs low and how profitable were you? Mm -hmm. And if it was your art, your awesome artisanship, because one of either Susie or Billy is able to make a great artistic rendition of whatever it is that they're doing and people came flocking to buy the product. Awesome. If it had nothing to do with that, it was because Susie or Billy was able to, you know, speak eloquently and convince mm -hmm. people to buy. That's cool. And Susie or Billy may not be able to add one plus two, but man, they can speak and they can sell. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's no, value. there's no wrong or right. Um, and you come out of it, uh, you know, with an education, with, you know, learning some type of skills right? and a big picture. To say, oh, this is why it's important to know math. This is why in the applicability of learning art or the applicability of learning to speak and, and communicate effectively. Mm -hmm. But that's not done in school. No, it's not. Um, and, you know, we talked about the uh, having the operating system right, uh, learned and installed. So the same goes for, for the school system with kids. Um, you know, you're kind of being thrown in there and then the school goes, hey, I'm going to throw a bunch of applications at you. And kids have no idea. They can't make any sense of it. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just you know, take math and take science, take history, uh, take arts. You know, and at, 
you know, all that time, they don't, they, they had no idea where it fits into their life and why. And so, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, you have kids, you have, you know, uh, nieces, nephews, grandkids, whatever it is, uh, help them understand what the operating system is, why they are in school, that it's, it's really a babysitting program because mom and dad does not have the free time or maybe the know-how to teach you. But if mom and dad had the time and the know-how to teach you, you would, you would be in a different program. Correct. Um, and, you know, uh, let them see that, you know, they're there in school so that they can try to learn to work hard, right? These are the skills you want them to focus on. Work hard, right? Being able to deal with uh, challenges and problem solve, learning to work with others, figuring out who's good at what, learning how to read people, mm-hmm. um, and deal with you know, different situations that, that arises in school and learning how to, you know, to, to, to solve that, um, learning how to communicate, you know, basic you know, skills in reading and writing. Um, and then we talked about math, right? It's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of students, you know, struggle to, you know, to, to excel in, you know, whatever it is, calculus or whatever. But it's like, no, you don't even need that. Mm. What if you just spent your time adding, subtracting, dividing, multiplying, and, you know, fractions and decimals, and, you know, that, that's all you did. You, you know, and you would be really good at it. Yep. Okay, that's, that's all you need now. Christy, when you and I speak, mm-hmm. um, have you ever seen anyone that, <clears throat> what you're good at doing, adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing, you can do it in your head. Maybe mm-hmm. not to the penny, but you, you can approximate very well. Mm-hmm. Right? Have you ever met anyone that does it close to what you do? No, not, not, I don't think so. Me? Yeah, well, you know, outside of you and I, yeah. Yeah, but outside of you and I. Yeah. Right? And yet you and I can, and I don't, we both saw that in each other right away. Right. And we're not, you know, we say, oh, all right. So we did a trade. We made this many dollars per share. Yeah. It's, you know, 15, 18, 19, whatever it is. We don't care, but we know very quickly it's in this range. And we don't sit and quibble and go, sometimes we do. Like, no, it's 16%. It's like, no, it's really 17. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and then we keep going. Close right? enough. Yeah. But, and, but you ever notice you and I are the fast, we're fast at it. Uh, we have another friend, right? Uh, I won't name names, but his first name has three letters. His last name has three letters, right? He's also very quick at it, but there's not many people that can do it that quickly. Um, and yet, is that required to succeed in the stock market? No. Not at all. But do you ever notice how it saves your bacon? Not saves your bacon, but you can, very few people can do it quickly. And the only reason you're able to do it quickly is because you practiced. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's really, it's still amazing to me that people, and my wife is phenomenal at math, but when I go through things quickly, she'll kind of stop and look and think about it. Mm-hmm. But boy, you give her a calculus problem, she got it done. Yeah. And it's just interesting. The, oh, my dad is that way. And that's probably where I got it from. I think he taught me mm-hmm. where you kind of drill it into me. But I would say, you know, as a parent, force your kid to learn that, to be able to do the approximations quickly, right? If they're going to be an engineer, they got to get down to the penny or down to the, you know, three, four digits to the right of the decimal point. But for general discussions, approximations are fine. Yeah, I mean, I I think... But but um, did they teach that in school? No, No, not really. Nope. 
So keep going. I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, no I was saying you, you might learn it by accident, um, you know, but if that's your focus, then you will learn it. Mm-hmm. If you understand that that's that that will help you in life and, uh, you know, and not necessarily you got to be the fastest at it, but uh, just being able to do numbers and stuff in your head and, you know, being good with numbers. And I shared a way to, that, uh, um, you know, not a lot of people think about it, uh, but, uh, you know, kids early on, teach them card games, mm-hmm. you know, because that's how they get, you know, numbers wrapped around and 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 it it, it it becomes fun right because you're playing a game yep so teach them games that have to do with numbers and i always say that it's i don't think you can find a good card player that you know is dumb with numbers yes that's true yeah just a related unrelated side note um, that I've been wanting to say and at some point in the podcast, never had the opportunity. It pops up here once in a while. We go on to other stuff. I forget about it. A lot of <clears throat> what we're, <clears throat> excuse me, what we're taught is based on what our teacher knows. And so the teacher knows how to do math quick in their head. Cool. They can, they can teach that if they chose, if they so choose, mm-hmm. if they know history, they teach that no problem, but you got to stop and think it's like, what are teachers being exposed to? Right, they learn all this stuff, and I'm gonna share something. I hope and it was a it was a shock to me, um, and we'll see what kind of blowback I'll get on this one. Um, if you ever and you probably will never have the opportunity, but if you are ever presented the opportunity to go to a teachers uh, a teacher union meeting, go. Is it an opportunity or? Uh, it's it will piss you off. That's what I'm saying. Is it? Yeah, an opportunity. Oh, it will piss you off. Um, Chris, let me ask you this. When's the last time, have you ever seen communist um, uh, documents laid out on a table for you to grab? Communist documents? Yeah, like, hey, here's no. Mein Kampf or here's, you know, communist no. manifesto stuff. No. I never had either until I went into a teacher's <laughs> union meeting mm-hmm. and they literally laid out on the table. They had uh, mm-hmm. banners up on the wall about communism and Marxism Mm -hmm. in a teacher's union. Like, holy crap. I had no idea. Now, I don't know if all unions are like that. And if they are, then that's just shock to me. But at a teacher's union, I thought, oh, shit. So this is, and granted, it's a union rep, so not every teacher is that way. But you've got the union rep. And again, maybe it's because it's a union. I don't know. But I was mortified. Like, you got to be kidding me. And these are the people that are going to go back and teach my kid? Like, oh, we got an issue. But nobody says anything about it. So maybe it's accepted and known. And I was just the one guy that didn't know. Yeah. Right? And I didn't, I didn't see this till I was in early mid-40s. Yeah, it's the norm. Is it? I, that could be. I had no idea. I yeah, wish. I mean, you know, that's, that's why it's not shocking to people, you know, unless you... Because you had never been exposed to it, so it's shocking. But yeah, uh, I was stunned. It seems like that's the norm. Yeah, I was stunned and not pleased. So if you're a member of the teachers' union, you love it, cool. We can still be friends. We can just agree to disagree, very vehemently disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's really interesting. But it goes to, you know, when you look at, uh, uh, you know, in life and who do you aspire to be, right? What do you, you know, certain skills or certain things in people? You know, do you aspire to be like this, the people in the school system? Probably not, right? Mm-hmm. 
and but they're the ones that are around your kids. Yes. So you need to expose your kids to be around people you aspire to be like. That's huge. Please say that again. So you need to expose your kids to people you aspire to be like. Mm-hmm. And and you know the and your kids. I think eighty percent of their life <laughs> growing up is in the you know, they're they're exposed to the the school staff, the the school environment. Yep. And that's not the environment you want them to be to become. Right, so you have to recognize that, and you know, you 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 got to untrain what's being taught in there. You know, certain things like you know, we you you teach and you have them. It's kind of like I'm gonna prepare you at home. Now I'm gonna throw you in there to to figure the and, and observe these things that's going on, mm-hmm. so you can witness and you can learn, right? But not go in there to learn from it. Correct. You know, yeah, like have it influence you. It's, um, I don't know if I told you about this, uh, it's a couple, a few months ago now, there's, a, a guy that sat through the class and he was interested in managing money for others. So kind of along the lines of a hedge fund. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking, he said, man, I'd love to pick your brain. Cause he knew that you and I had set one up. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you and I set one up, did you know anything about a hedge fund? Nope. Neither did I, but we figured it out. Right. And I don't know if we did it in the setup stuff as well as we could, we did. Okay. Right. We learned a lot along the way mm-hmm. and we got it going. So it happened to be going in that part of town with my wife and kid. And so I said, Hey, I'd be glad to meet you. Do you mind? Can I bring my kid with me? Cause it'd be interesting. You know, how many times does a 16, 15 year old get to see that kind of discussion? He's like, Oh no, that'd be awesome. It, it was just a really simple example of, bring your kid. And, and I was, I was always impressed. People hate Trump. They love Trump, whatever their opinion is on it. That's fine. One of the things that I saw way back when, when he was doing that, the celebrity apprentice. And if you go back and read stories of his kids, when they were young, he would drag them into meetings and he would make them sit in his office when he was on the phone, negotiating with people, whether it was about doing a building or taking care of whatever it was. And he was teaching them by letting them watch him. And I was always impressed with that. And whether you like the guy or not doesn't matter. But in fact, if you hate the guy, I want you to stop and think for a minute, right? He ran these businesses and he brought his kids in and taught them that way. The kids didn't learn that by going to public school. They didn't learn it by going to private school. They didn't learn it at Wharton. They learned it by watching someone that's doing it. And so you see it on all kinds of levels. And so I would encourage you, as Chris was saying, Take find somebody that you aspire to be or that your kid aspires to be and figure out how to surround them with them. Let them because you gotta you gotta see how they think. It's not what they do, it's how do they think. And f- create that opportunity, enable that for your kid. And in don't, fact, yeah, then enable it for yourself. Yeah, don't leave it to the uh, the education system. No, right? no, yeah. not at all. Because they'll say, "Oh, we've got a college tour. You can go, you know, go to the university of, or you know, state school this, and go take a tour." Like, take a tour? That's by a kid that's been there eighteen months longer than my kid. <laughs> what, you know? Uh, that's not what I mean by exposing, right? Figure out how to get them involved with them, and it's not observing, you know, sitting up top and watching a surgeon, you know, do surgery from the observation deck. Is be able to figure out how you can get your kid and or you mingling with people doing what it is that you want to do. And don't ask why 
when they tell you what to do. Just do it. Any other words of wisdom? Close it out. No, I think that's enough on uh, around school and you know how to look at it and you know if you got kids uh, you know uh, going in growing up in the system, uh, I think you want to approach it or, or take what we're you know talking about and maybe apply that uh, and, and and help the kids grow up uh, with a different mindset uh, instead of uh, you know letting the school system influence and society just naturally influence them you know in that direction. So I, I guess along those lines, if I use and I don't teach know, them about money, right? well, it's, we, we, you know. it's that. But I was thinking too, and I had this in one of our notes to talk about the, and it relates in a couple of ways. Um, I have no desire if my kid ever wants to run a hedge fund, set one up, no clue, right? Who knows what'll happen? But at least now he has sat through a session <clears throat> where he heard some guy asking questions about it. And he'll, he has the realization like, oh, if I ever wanted to do that, I could do that. Because he realized, you know, that guy's a little bit more advanced than he is, but he could do what that guy's doing. It's not a problem. All because he had the experience of watching the, the interaction, the dynamics back and forth. And along those lines, kind of what we started off early on, if way back at the beginning of the show, we were talking about, look, if you don't believe you could make a go of it in the stock market, it's probably because there's nobody around you that you know that has made a go of it in the stock market. And all the people around you use the word, I'm going to play the stock market. You still playing? I'm going to go play the market for a little bit. But your friends that are looking at real estate, remember, they use the word invest in real estate. And so a lot of times you have people in order to, People think that in order to believe it, they have to experience it. Can we get to the moon? We can. Chris, have you ever been to the moon? You nope. haven't. Neither have I. But do you believe we can get there? Yeah. Absolutely. So, it, again, it's the how to think aspect around that. You have no desire to get to the moon, though. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, as always, we know that if you'll put into practice what we talk about in this episode and in prior episodes... And in any upcoming episodes, we know if you'll put that to use and apply it appropriately, you'll be able to get to the point of reaching time freedom. We talked about that before. It equates to being able to go to the beach on a Tuesday and listen to the waves. And Tuesday waves are so much better than any wave you'll ever hear on a weekend when you've got to share the sound, and not only share the sound, but share the, the sand with a million of your closest friends. So take good, uh, take good note of what we're speaking of. Again, if you're having uh, challenges to understand what we mean by an operating system, my suggestion would be to go back and listen to episodes one through maybe about the first seven or ten episodes, and that'll give you a foundation for what we're referring to for the how to think aspect of it. If you want to reach us for comments on this or if, uh, on this episode or if you've got uh, suggestions for an upcoming one, by all means, we'd love to hear about it. You can reach us a couple of ways. We've got a phone number you can call us. Um, 747-24-BEACH. It's an easy acronym to remember. Jump on a 747 airplane, 24 hours, you're at the beach. 747-242-3224. can send a text or an email, uh, text or a phone call. If you want to send us an email, it's investingfromthebeach at gmail.com. Other episodes and other stuff that we've got, there's a great book list on a website called investingfromthebeach.com. Details on the class is up there as well if you're interested. And what else? 
think that's about it. As always, we appreciate you listening. We'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Take care.